So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's not here to finish fourth, or indeed at all. Oh, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? He didn't know his engine was about to go. No, he didn't. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the appalling Texas accent of F1 podcast. That was actually really good. (laughs) That was much better than Daniel Ricciardo's. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that writes fuck you on all of its shoes. What? Gerard Butler, after the race, signed Daniel Ricciardo's shoe that he drank Red Bull out of and wrote fuck you on it. Gerard Butler! Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that this week welcomes Gerard Butler as its guest presenter. No, we didn't, because it would be utterly shit. I'm Chikrez, and today from the Picturehouse Central in Piccadilly, we look back at the American Grand Prix. Yeehaw! Matt's told me to cut down my intro, so I've just got some key facts for us. Austin has the largest urban bat colony in North America. I've seen it. Austin was the home of the first known serial killer in the world. I've seen it. Austin has been ranked the number one city in the US for dogs by the Pets at Home website. (laughs) And none of that will be discussed in today's For F1's Sake. So with me is a man who has saved children's lives this week. It's Terry Saunders. I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but (laughs) I actually saved lives this week. Right. Tell us more. I was in Devon with with friends, and they've got twins, and we're at the beach, and the twins ran off to the sea, and the, my two friends, husband and wife, had that kind of argument that I think you have when you have kids of like, she was going, oh, we should go and make sure they're not too close to the sea, and he was like, they've got to feel danger, they've got to learn. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to go and look at the sea anyway, so I'll walk over. And they were a long way out, and as, we got, as I got closer, the tide, I realised the tide was actually coming in a little bit, and... Um, I kind of got to them and I was like, right, come on guys, we're going. And they're, they're, they're at the age where they just don't want to do what you say. And they were just like, oh, Gatari, we're having fun. And then one runs off away from me and I get the other one and say, well, you go over there. And the whole beach is like little kind of puddles. 
and bits of sand sticking up. And I put the one on like the highest bit of sand and I'm like, I'm going to go and get your brother. And I go and get the brother and he's just like, I don't want to go and I have to pick him up. But I'm just like, I'm just like a part-time uncle kind of figure. Like, I don't have any authority, so I have to pick him up. He's screaming, going, Uncle Terry, don't even go. I turn back, the tide's coming so much, the one I've left there is now crying because the water is up to his ankles. <laughs> and I'm suddenly going, oh shit, we're in jail here. There are suddenly the little bits above the puddles of going and the tide is coming. You know, that cliche of the tide comes in quickly. This was actually terrifying. And within minutes, I was wearing my Dr. Martins and they, the water was up above my Dr. Martins. The water went up to my knee and I'm carrying them out. I've got them both in my arms <laughs> and I carry them out to the back to the beach and put them down. And they just run off and go play somewhere. And I'm just there going, I've just saved your lives. And alongside him is a motoring journalist who is about to have a big argument with Terry. Ooh. It's Phil Tromans. Yes, we are. Terry, do you want to repeat what you said to me before? Before we started recording. Well, Phil, you put a thing on Facebook the other week, which was you were you at the airport going back on holiday or going on I holiday? I was going on holiday, yes. And you put on this this watch. I think it was a tag. I'd there. been to a watch shop and I'd tried on a watch. Right, yes. First mistake. Don't go to a watch shop. <laughs> you either want to get a watch at the back of a magazine or an Apple Watch. There's no you don't want to go to a watch shop because they see you coming. They go, here's a guy that likes watches too much. Secondly, you tried on this like was it a square thing with circles and bit of bling? How would you describe this watch you tried on? Well, I mean, I can. I can, thing is, if I say what the watch is, anybody who knows anything about watches will go, "Oh, that's a nice watch." Right. Which, apart I, from a few <laughs> ridiculous snobs who don't who like Hoyer before they were Tag Hoyer, it was a Tag Hoyer Monaco, specifically the newly released Steve McQueen watch, the oh, blue-faced one with the white with the white chronograph dials. Sorry, I think you said Tag Heuer, Monaco, Steve McQueen edition, but I actually heard middle-aged man, midlife crisis. <laughs> oh God, when I was young, I used to like Monaco and Steve McQueen's cool, isn't he? Maybe I'll be like Steve McQueen. Monaco, that's a place where rich people hang out. I'll pretend to be rich by buying a watch that's called Monaco. I'm not going to deny any of that because <laughs> I'm rapidly descending towards middle age and I would like to buy an expensive watch because it's like a rite of passage when you get to a certain age and don't quite have enough money to be able to spend it. So, Chica, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> um, well, Terry, um, I've been trying not to watch oh. this week, but have been watching. Um, opposite me is a building with a large window, and in that building there is filmed a lot of pornography. Oh, wow. And um, so I see the, the models or the, the porn... Uh, actors, performers, could, the yeah. performers um, standing Artiste. in their um, nude or semi-nude, and um, and you know you see goings on, and it's it's very exciting. Although I can't help it when they when they're standing there in the window, like casually looking out. I'm always trying to take a picture. Of <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the stories you've been talking about in this listeners' corner. Now we're going to start with the email bag. Um, which, after months of silence, of absolutely nothing, is now bursting with correspondence after you mentioned it in the last episode. The floodgates have well and truly opened, and there's one story that's dominated our inbox. Just what exactly do Americans call roundabouts? So Aaron Walker, a certified genuine American, said, Americans don't call them rotaries, we call them roundabouts too. But hey, look, an email not about sound quality. Quite, Aaron, but that makes it about sound quality. Yeah. So, pfft. Cody from Hillsborough. 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 Probably Hillsborough. It's probably Hillsborough. No, they, no, they say them funny, don't they? Oh, this will start a whole new chain of emails. <laughs> Hillsborough. Yeah, Hillsborough. I'm going to say Hillsborough. Like Marlborough. Oregon says they're called traffic circles, not rotaries. Who the hell told you that? Traffic, traffic circles. Traffic circles. <laughs> 
yeah, that's, that's much better. Uncreative name ever. What are those things on the side of the cars? Oh, we call them moving circles. <laughs> and I steer the car with my steering circle. The hand circle. And I look out at the, uh, the looking square. <laughs> Gabriel Rosenkerter says, I can't speak for all 350 million of us, but I've lived all my 37 years in the US and I've never heard that traffic feature referred to as anything but a roundabout. I've certainly never heard the term rotary applied here. Rotaries are social groups that connect donations for community events. I can't believe that we've had more emails about this than anything else in the year and a half we've done this podcast. But anyway, <laughs> this came about because we were talking about swings and roundabouts and anyway, it was the smaller side last week. My sat-nav on my phone, I changed it to American settings for some reason and it said, every time I came up to a roundabout it says, at the rotary, turn left. So A, that's how I know that at least somebody in America calls it rotaries. And to back that up, I used the power of Google and it's definitely a thing. Although from what I can gather, rotaries appear to be the larger roundabouts, for example, on a motorway junction or a whatever the freeway junction as they call them in I the States. Stop. They are, are you, it's definitely real. And I'm not saying far be it from me sure to say that all of America roastery? is wrong, but I'm right. <laughs> the satnav saying at the roastery turn around. The roastery. Yeah. No, because I, I, I would not be. I'd be stopping if it was a carvery because I love me some meat. We should do a special carvery edition of the podcast. Moving on, Richard Nash wrote in with tales of industrial theft. Last week, you guys worked out exactly how many points Lewis would have if he had the same reliability as Nico. I'm listening to the BBC preview for the American Grand Prix and the guy just said, I worked the numbers out the other day. Had the reliability issues been equal between the two of them, Hamilton would be leading the championship at the moment. I'm absolutely outraged. You clearly did the numbers and put a hell of a lot of work into it, which I was disappointed you weren't allowed to go into more depth with in the podcast. Whoa there, Richard. I was also very, very, very disappointed. Thank you very much, Richard. This sounds like a man who knows what he's talking about. This is like the Nazis opening the ark. You do not want to go into this letting (laughs) Phil put his workings on air. You think you want it, but before you know it, your Nazi face will melt, Richard Nash. Or should I say, Richard Nazi. (laughs) I'm not calling you a Nazi face, Richard. I think you were absolutely right. But the good news is that if you do want to see my workings out and read a good thousand-word article that I wrote based on it, you can go to ff1s.com slash blog. Philip Morby said, You mentioned on the last podcast about trying to remember if any driver recently had let another through or purposely held up another. Even though it wasn't required, Shumi let Vettel through on his final race in Brazil in 2012 to give Vettel his third championship. I missed that I was having a shit. Was that that year? No, that was before was. that, surely, wasn't it? That was when he quit, wasn't it? Yeah, but that wasn't the race where Kimmy made that oh, joke. Oh. We even had one email about the US Grand Prix, and it was from Caleb Hurley on America's East Coast. That is such an American name, isn't it? <laughs> What is going on with the driver of the day voting? You don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind blows, and you don't have to be Christian Horner to know that if Max is going to win the damn popularity contest that this shit has turned into the last couple of months, I don't see anything wrong with the way it was. Give us a few hours after the race to make a good choice for the driver who performed at the maximum. Don't make me play beat the clock to vote for Lewis just to get a vote in one lap before his engine blows. All to fucking hell. If Max Verstappen winning driver of the day when he did absolutely nothing for the half of the race he ran before he retired doesn't tell F1 to fix the problem, then I don't know what the fuck or how the fuck they're ever going to be able to function in this modern technological age. He's got a point. So now, to vote for driver of the day, you have to do it before the end of the race. 
Which does strike me as fucking ridiculous because what happens if something mental happens on the last lap, as Caleb refers to? Question. Of us here, who has ever voted for the driver of the day? No. Yeah, I think Caleb, I think it's just you, mate. <laughs> He's the only person. The well, only in that case, that suggests that Caleb voted for Max Verstappen. And who won? Max Verstappen. Well, Caleb. But, I mean, it's, uh, uh, assuming that it wasn't him that cast the only vote and Max Verstappen won, it is a bit stupid. I mean, it's not as bad as fan boost in Formula E, but... It does It does make a mockery of the fact that you've got uh, to you've get, the, get the driver story. of the day vote in before the race finishes, but mm. the stewards can wait for the next race to clarify the result. If they yeah, what if he to. tests positive for steroids? Well, Caleb. Finally, a brief silly season update. Kvyat staying at Toro Rosso. Good on him. Surprised? Shocked. I was Happy. well surprised. No, I think I, I, I just think Red Bull is such a ruthless organisation, but they do have a heart somewhere, and no one has been binned from the main team mid-year. I think they just didn't have it. They knew he'd kill himself if he was. Well, no, some have. Scott Speed got the boot halfway through, didn't he? Not from Red Bull into Toro Rosso and then booted. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to stay in, because I think he probably does. But I'm just surprised, bearing in mind how his season went when he first of all he got demoted and then hasn't driven particularly well for the rest of the season I thought for sure that Pierre Gasly was going to get his seat and I think even Pierre Gasly thought he was going to get his seat as well do you reckon anyone else would have him if he you know oh I'm sure they would would, yeah yeah Terry's Terry's new team which we'll announce in the next episode yep yep you've got an engine deal lined up no comment My engine's going to be a Tag Heuer engine. It's called the, uh, the Monica Steve McQueen. <laughs> Great engine. Great looking engine. Moving on, Hulkenberg confirmed for Renault. Literally minutes after we recorded the last episode speculating that he was going to go to <laughs> Renault. We were right. That's a good move for him, I think. Yeah, it's all, it's all right. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Jocelyn Palmer's no longer for this world. Of Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> And who's taking Hulkenberg's place at Force India? Oh, well. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be Pascal Verlein. Do you, do you think? It'd be good to see more of him. Well, of course, Force India have got the Mercedes deal for the engine. So yeah. the chances of it being Verlein or Ocon uh, are pretty strong. And both of those names are in the thing. I'd but say they were odds on for Ocon. Oh, <laughs> there's another T-shirt slogan. Felipe Nasser has also been rumoured. Uh, although he has denied talking to them. I refuse to believe that Nasser's going to be even driving next year because he only got a drive because his name was so similar to Felipe Massa. <laughs> so now Felipe Massa's retired, there's no need for Felipe Nasser. Is Arriva Bene on his way out from Ferrari? Well, it, I mean, yes. Like, like the inevitability that we're all going to die one day, it's pretty clear that every Ferrari boss is going to get fired pretty soon. How long have you been there? It's only been a year or so. It was, uh, it was Mattiacci who replaced Yeah, it was the it? sunglasses guy. It was Mattiacci. The guy with the two black eyes who never take car. his sunglasses off. I saw Mattiacci the other day. I was watching a, a, a presentation on electric cars in California and who walks in but uh, Marco Mattiacci. Sunglasses? He's now flogging electric cars Did in America. Did he say anything? He wasn't wearing it. and He, wasn't, he, he looked weird without red gear on. But anyway, um, yeah, he probably is getting the boot, isn't he? Because Ferrari have been fairly disappointing this he year. And cool as he is, and as much as Terry wants him to be his dad... I, w- I would but my I dad is also a failure until someone like a Jean Tot or a Ross Braun can edge their way back into Ferrari we're in another 10-15 year decline it does seem like a culture thing isn't it? there's no there's no one person at Ferrari who can say right 
this is how it's going to be. And it just seems like it's a load of people, as you say, terrified for their jobs, working by committee and just failing to get it right in every... I do on a serious point, Phil Williams have got a similar thing. There's this kind of heritage teams. And maybe McLaren slightly has a bit of this, of Ferrari know they have the potential for greatness. They have all the ingredients in place. And Ferrari especially, because they're so Italian. It's so based. They, they want to win. It's like if England win the World Cup, we would love that. But if we win the World Cup with a not-English manager, it will somehow feel a bit like cheating. Cause and I think Ferrari have the same thing. They go, we want someone Italian to lead the team. And but there's the, nobody, is there? I mean, who, there's no one. There's, uh, if there is somebody coming up through the ranks, we haven't I mean, heard of them. I've heard a rumour that next year the team will be run by the two Dormio puppets. <laughs> <laughs> and will Gutierrez stay at Hayes? No. No? No. He's okay. not done very well and there have been rumours that he's going. He's had some all right ones. Has he? Hasn't he? scored any points. Hasn't scored any points yet. How many has Grosjean got? 20 something? He's got more than a win's worth of points. Yep. And finally, Stroll is a very firm favourite for Massa's seat. We've not talked about Lance Stroll, have we? Should we I have mean, a quick talk about him. Do you know anything about him? Best name yeah. for a it's long a good time. Good name, isn't it? Best name for a Formula One driver. Especially for rare Stroll. racing. Yeah, yeah. Stroll. He's a Stroll. Canadian, Lance. isn't he? I think he's Canadian, but he is the son of a very, 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 very wealthy man, sort of billionaire wealthy. So he comes with a lot of money, and he is apparently quite you know, good as well. He was the man who invented the stroll. He saw a gap in the market between a run and a walk and. Back in the 50s, he marketed the hell out of that. And now every time we have a stroll, five cents goes to the family. It was like one of those sort of VHS Betamax uh, affairs where it could have been the stroll or the saunter. And who remembers the saunter now? Well, my father, Mm. Phil Saunters. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're FF1S or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Let us take you back to the Austin Grand Prix of 2016. Let's start with Mercedes. So, it was a sensible, well-planned race that, yes, was boring, but nothing went wrong. Hamilton has got a lot to make his mum proud. Fastest lap ever seen in Austin, his first ever pole there, his 50th win, and he's learnt how to behave in press conferences. The gap between him and Rosberg is down to 26 points, and Rosberg says he's not worried. Should he be? Yes. No. Barring anything going wrong, Rosberg's likely to win, but, you know, Hamilton's got to win. Yeah, Hamilton's got to win to win, and Rosberg was nowhere near him. He doesn't need to be. But he lucked into second place with a virtual safety car, thanks to... But, I mean, he could could still have been on track with the third as well. Yeah, no, no, totally, but... But not quite as on track. It's not a given. We're all talking like it's a given, but... As we know from previous seasons, it's not over until... Team Rosberg goes backwards. Well, don't forget the Abu Dhabi double double points the other year. Rosberg had that nasty race when his car didn't work and he was crying. I may have but made that. Hamilton point. has to win every race. Yeah. Rosberg can get away with being second, and, and he's Hamilton easily in the best car. And Hamilton, yeah, won no, this race. it's a mission accomplished for Hamilton. What, did anyone else think that the start was tenser than normal because of Hamilton's? past yeah. terrible starts and obviously the fact that if he'd have gone backwards it would have made life it was really tense then. because my wife has changed the clock in the kitchen and I was cooking dinner and I was 
just serving dinner and we were both very hungover. Oh. I was just dishing it all up, but it was turning exactly the hour on the clock. So I just rushed in to watch the start. I didn't even see the build up. I was just like, <gasps> so yeah, so it was very tense. Is that what you asked? Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you want to talk about the 50 wins or not bothered? Nah. He's actually quite impressive. 50 wins is actually a very impressive stat. He's only the third driver to get 50 wins. Mm. Good on him. After Prost and Schumacher. Pretty illustrious How company. How many the highest ever? Schumacher, Schumacher got 400,000 <laughs> wins. I think it was 91, wasn't it? Uh, it was 1991. No, he got 91 wins. 1,991 wins. One for every <laughs> year of Queen Elizabeth's reign. God bless her. <laughs> okay, Red Bull. Verstappen is the man that provides the entertainment factor in the race. We had overtakes that tested the rules, rogue stops and cocky radio messages. Ricardo actually delivered, though, and was on the podium again, doing the shoe drinking thing, as we said, but that has got to stop but if it wasn't for the miss pit do you reckon that he could have got second absolutely yes they totally screwed up mm. let's break this down a minute with old max and uh, i understand that i think one or maybe both of you were raving about how great a race driver he was yes he and is. i stand I st- by yeah. it same race driver who comes into the pits yeah, when there's yeah. no pit yeah, that was a bit of a fail <laughs> but he's going, not the first person to do it and he won't be the last but even so, still the excuses, because it's a weird one, because Christian Horner obviously loves Max Verstappen mm. for obvious reasons, but even he is going, uh, yeah, he thought he heard a message. Now, like, oh, so what message did you play? What, what did you say to him that he could have misconstrued as coming to the pits? And Christian Horner said, nothing. No radio <laughs> message went to him. He's just imagining messages. He's just there <laughs> going, voices in his head going, right, kill the president <laughs> and pit. Oh, yeah. It was all for Jodie Foster. It was unfortunate, that, uh, and I'm not going to defend him because it was a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but um, he did send a, a sweet radio message like, sorry about that. I thought I heard something. Oh, I thought I heard something. Oh, no. <laughs> something, there's a monster under my bed. I, I forgave him. It was that. good on the radio generally. I mean, I liked his, uh, I'm not here to finish fourth yeah. line, which... Ultimately, didn't end very well. So, but what was the backing of that again? So, what happened? What did they say to him? They oh, said, "Slow down, speed up." Yeah, look after your tyres or some yeah. bollocks. I'm, I'm not here to finish fourth. fourth. We, we didn't. So, you know, fair play. True, yeah. But, but going back to my question, what about Ricardo? Well, Ricardo's race was inadvertently screwed by Verstappen's engine going. Whatever it happened. What did we find out? What happened to it? It, anyway, it was. Broke. Hang on, I found out. Gearbox failure. Gearbox failure. But it was great because I mean. In a day and age where basically they, they tend to now do this thing when a car's retiring or going, shit, the car's about to break, pit this lap, we're quitting. So there's no kind of explosions on, mm. you know, it's, you know, how I won the last race, but it's actually quite rare to have, because they go, everything's critical, pit now, we're going to stop. <laughs> they're going, right, there's nothing wrong with the car, just come in and we'll sort it out. And he's going, every time I speed up, the cranking gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> this is like what you had in a, why, why a Ford Sierra. Why didn't he well, stop he was, immediately? Well, they, told him, not to. they did tell him to come to the pits. Mm. And then they told him to stop. And, he had to, and where he happened to be on the, on the circuit was the worst place well, no, called uh, a virtual safety car. No, because where he stopped, there was a gap in the fence. Where the, uh, From what I understand... They could have just literally pulled him back through the fence, but when the car goes, there's apparently a button that the marshals have to press on the outside of the car that puts the gearbox in neutral, which means they can just roll it back. And apparently that button wasn't working. And if you watch the replay, you can see them all pouring over this button. Didn't work, so they couldn't push it, which is why they had to get the tractor in, which is why they had to put the virtual safety car up, which is why... Rosberg got a free pit stop, which is why Ricardo lost his place. Should that not be a fine? Because that neutral thing is a high safety move, isn't it? That Quite possibly. Part. I mean, they could, I mean it, it, it wasn't the end of the world because they could still bring the tractor in and get rid of it, but that's why they had to get the virtual safety car. But that does beg the question, because 
Rosberg basically got a, not a free but a cheap pit stop why don't they just not let people pit under a virtual safety car because then oh, they would stop all that problems the safety car rules are so complicated mm. it's just no matter what you do and it, and it ruins it. It's no fun when they all pit under the safety car, is it? I, well, I, I just think don't don't let them pit. Then nobody gets a free pit stop, and you can actually Doesn't plan Indy for some sort have of strategy. A rule or something where if you pit, there's a penalty to it. So if you, you so if you need to pit, like if your tyres are dead or you need to refuel or something, you can pit. But there's some kind of penalty involved. There's something, well, maybe it's NASCAR. There's something like that. So you can't pit, and if you do pit, there's a penalty involved. I may have dreamt that. Th- this whole stuff with Ricardo. At the end of the race. Oh, yes. Slagging off Rosberg. Oh. Do you know he what was, was on the this? radio? Oh, no. well, it was a bit. He's not no. my favourite person. All this stuff. No, I th- I maybe. Uh, well, you tell me what you think, and I'll see if I what interpret it the same way. So he was on the radio, and they're talking about Rosberg being ahead of him, and he was like, oh, he's not my favourite person or something. You know, he's saying this kind of stuff, which I took to, to confirm my theory of everybody hates Rosberg. Good sitcom. And that Ricardo is actually the first to come out and say because he's likely to win the world championship this man is a grade A tool I don't like him because he was really weirdly kind of passive aggressive about Rosberg over the radio and you could say it was just because of this pit stop debacle but I don't think it was I think he was just I think he ha- I think he genuinely doesn't like Rosberg so we can co- we can confirm that everyone feels the way we do well yeah. I didn't interpret it that way at all how did you because it? during the race Ricardo's pit engineer said something about Rosberg being ahead of him and Ro- and uh, Ricardo said uh, how far ahead is he I want to catch that beep and I suggest I, it sounded like motherfucker it's like, I want to yeah. catch that motherfucker and it sounded like it was just a cool thing he to say because he's in Texas I call loads of people motherfuckers do you know how nasty that is not at all who Imagine. was the last person you called a motherfucker uh, my dad <laughs> think about it and so at the end of the race when I think his, his engineer just said, oh, loads of the commentators want to know what the beeped words were. And Ricardo said, oh, it means he's a lovely guy and I love him. Exactly. That's I what you say when you hate someone and you're asked all. about it. Right, let's move on to Ferrari. So Vettel had a pretty good weekend and other than hitting Hulkenberg on turn one and having some dodgy turns, it was not a bad race. But this was made less impressive by how shit Raikkonen's was made by a pit error. And Ferrari were fined five grand for the unsafe release. What happened here? Because I was confused. I don't think anything happened. I think what's worse is I don't think anything happened. Because th- the, the, the radio message said the gun's still attached. So you look at the replay mm. and there's no gun attached. The wheel's not coming off. I think the pit stop went fine. But someone they're so jittery at Ferrari. One of them went, I think I might have fucked up. I better admit to it. And I think actually didn't fuck up. But they made Kimi just stop the car. He then rolls it back into the pit lane dangerously. Which I thought was very illegal. Yeah, well, but if his engine's not going, as, it's fine. As soon as Hamilton got a massive fine for literally reversing a centimetre in the, the pit lane. The thing is, this goes back to Mansell in Estoril in 1992, where it's illegal to reverse in the pit lane. That is a, a rule that if you ever flout that rule in Formula 1 you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. But what Raikkonen did was just put his car into neutral and roll down a hill backwards, which is not reversing. It's rolling down a hill backwards. I mean, if I, if I were them, I would point that out and try to avoid a fine. But, I mean, honestly. I mean, if a car was going out the pit <laughs> I mean, at that point... The car like, is oh. going backwards down the pit. <laughs> what bloody difference It's okay, it that car's not reversing, so I'll be fine. <laughs> 
it was it was just another all round fuck up by mm. Ferrari again, as we've because been talked they, about already. They replayed it loads of time and they just couldn't find anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it must be that time. I don't know. Yeah. The thing about this race with Raikkonen is that maybe it was because I just eaten this roast dinner I was talking about. But you know, you kind of just dozing off a bit. You got to wait with a jolt. I always feel that when someone overtakes Raikkonen, he is like that old man waking in his armchair because you just see someone overtake him and go. You see him like suddenly, you're like flick the car, like he's just dozed off. Like, oh, what was happening? No, young river snappers coming in. Well, the fact that they were fined for an unsafe release suggests something wasn't as it should have been. They should be fined for an unsafe recoupling. Basically, Ferrari balls everything up again. Force India. So I think they've been pissing their fellow drivers off. Hulkenberg got squashed between Vettel and Bottas on turn one, and Perez was hit from behind by Kvyat. What do you think they did? to get into people's bad books. Well, firstly, Hulkenberg had a big announcement that he's moving to Renault, which means his race is always going to be shit. That always happens when a driver makes a big announcement. Mm-hmm. That race, they go out on that one. It's like tradition. For Do you think one. it's because they've just like, nah, I don't care anymore. Yeah, they're just like, ah, fuck it. I mean, why am I driving this shit heat for anyway? Yeah, I'm going to go to Renault. Oh, and no one likes Perez. Why? Come. Right, Williams. Nothing confirms that you've made the right decision retiring like a puncture and losing nine seconds under the virtual safety car. Nothing makes you want to retire like a puncture and your biggest achievement of the race being overtaking NASA on the penultimate lap to finish 15th. Do you reckon that Bottas is regretting his decision to stay with Williams for next season? I don't think he's so much regretting his decision to stay for next season more than regretting signing for Williams a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, what the fuck are they doing? messing everything up I kind of hoped he was going to go to Renault if I'm honest because I remember a couple of years ago we, he was hotly tipped and hasn't really he went to Ferrari shown it yeah. which wouldn't maybe not and be I mean thing. much as I would don't get me wrong I would love to see Williams do really well next year but I'm not going to put any money on it at all and it no. must be a bit disheartening for Bottas to know not only is the car not quite good enough the strategy's not quite good enough good pit stops good. the pit stops are good yeah give them that but oh, I don't know. Do we? Should we talk about the Massa Alonso contretemps? That was exciting. I really enjoyed that. Was that was good. Yeah. Alonso was definitely in the wrong. But what do you think? Yeah, because he he smashed into Massa. He just Massa was turning his corner. Alonso just went. Yeah, but they showed it from really see um, it that way. Massa's viewpoint, and Alonso just suddenly like, ooh. I thought it was actually pretty pretty all right i mean robust and there was definitely contact but it it looked like uh, to me like because it's such a wide bit of track coming into the corner and there are several different lines you could take it's not just like one line through the apex and out you could take a variety of different ones alonso took the narrow line and it looked like massa just didn't realize he was there and turned into him rather than alonso smashed into him oh yeah no i mean i, th- I don't think he should have got fined for it and i think I th- it's weird i think alonso was at fault if you had to pick fault but it was fine if there was any fault, maybe it was it was Massas for not realising what was going on until he'd already turned in and found Alonso there. McLaren. So in the race, the McLaren drivers hypothetically stood up and said, yes, things haven't gone well this season and everyone thinks we're just a bit crap, especially the clued-up presenters of the world-renowned podcast that gets loads of emails, FF1S. But look, we're bloody good drivers, so you can all sod off. Except the FF1S guys, we'd love to make a guest appearance on your podcast in the near future. They are so needy. I know. Until last weekend, I wouldn't have had them on, but now I'm changing my mind. Well, there was a great interview with Eric Boudier when he said, McLaren are back. This is what we expect McLaren to see. They're in fifth position, which is 
the best they've also achieved a couple of times since. So it's not exactly back. The race between Alonso and Sainz was amazing. We were like, this is what we expect. And the interviewer just kind of said, yeah, but Raikkonen went out and Verstappen went out. So actually you're kind of net ninth without retirement. And he's like, yeah. But yeah. remember Button started in 19th. Button, there's, there's a video that uh, Craig Winter, hello Craig, posted a video on board of Button's first lap and it was a cracker it was on par with the one from Alonso a couple of weeks well, ago well it was weird actually because Alonso's end of race was really great and Button's start of race was really great and Button even said the second half of the race was really boring for him and Alonso's first half of the race wasn't very impressive so it's like between them they had this kind of amazing Grand Prix between like, the two of them they'd, yeah, exactly. make a, they'd, they'd, they'd be fifth much more often <laughs> shall we very quickly on McLaren I mean yeah they're defining the race uh, have you seen that Tuned is back Oh, I can't bring myself to. Oh, the playing. new one's really good with Who? James Hunt. I really enjoyed it. You know they do this animation thing oh, called yeah. Tuned. There's a new one that came out just before the last race with yeah. James Hunt. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the best one they'd done. Is it the one where they fire Ron Dennis? <laughs> no. In cartoon. Should we talk about that? I just don't believe Ron Dennis can be fired. Well, no, no, he can because he's not a majority shareholder. If the other shareholders want them gone, which apparently they do, they can they can give him the hoof. How much can we? Um Buy some McLaren shares. I mean, they're probably not worth very much at the moment. Although I actually, well, I was hanging out with McLaren you this week. That's how stock markets work. Um, I was at Goodwood Racing Circuit this week, driving McLaren's road cars, which are very good, much better than their racing cars. And nothing was said about Ron Dennis at all. Can we buy shares with T-shirts, Phil? Yes. Okay, let's do Hayes. Hayes. So Haas got a point in their home race. They also got a DNF, but that is not what matters here. Despite being out in Q1, Grosjean finished 10th. What do you think of his driving? I see your baby shaking their hairs. <laughs> I've got nothing else to say. All right then. I okay. I haven't finished the Star Spangled Banner, can I? No, no, no. Oh. Well. So next, Renault. And we're going to play a game called... Ooh. Yes, or Renault. <laughs> and it is a quiz about the race that you can only answer yes or Renault to. Right, number one. Magnussen said, can you not help me out here? Renault. Magnussen. You say, so you're saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm saying and no, I think saying that was Palmer. Yes. Oh, oh. So we've got one oh, nil we're so right, far. Fine. Question two. <laughs> Magnussen received a five-second post-race time penalty. Yes or Renault? Don't remember it, so Renault. Yes. Again, another point to Terry. Yes, yes for going off track when he overtook Kvyat. Yep. Oh, yeah. Number yep. three. This was because he breached Article 27.3 of the sporting regulations. Yes or Renault? Renault. 27.4. You are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to say Renault. I'm going to say 3-0. No, what? you just copied him. Yeah, you just well, copied he didn't me. give me a chance to answer. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Have. I would have said Renault. <laughs> okay, question four. This means that Magnussen now has racked up four penalty points this season. Yes or Renault? Yes, Renault. It's three-one. In your face, Saunders. Yes, four. And so Saunders. we're going to have finally a bonus point. At the age of sixteen, Jolian Palmer crashed his quad bike into a yes. tree, lost a lot of blood. Yes. Got kidney problems, <laughs> punctured a lung, damaged his liver, and spent two weeks in intensive care. Yes or Renault? I yes. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. He oh. only spent a week in intensive care. Oh come oh. on! So at the end of Yes or Renault, that is three-one to Terry. This is bullshit. I'm f- I'm filing an official protest with the FIA. Right, Toro Rosso. 
Last week, we woke up to the shocking news that Toro Rosso are keeping Kvyat for 2017. He thanked them by getting a 10-second time penalty for causing probs with Perez. However, his pal and teammate of another year did a really good drive, held off Alonso for ages on rubbish tyres and finished in sixth. Can I just say again the same point of when you make an announcement, you have a shit race. End of. Anything to add to that? Science did well. Very yeah. well. So having a little argy-bargy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, stuck there in the drive that he's never going to get out of. Because apparently yep. he wanted to go. Now, where did he want to go? I think he wanted to go for the Force India or possibly the Renault seat. Yep. Toro Rosso said, no, you, you can't leave. We're keeping you. In fact, even their press release that we said said. <laughs> Against his will. Yeah, we you're staying here, sunshine. <laughs> apparently he wanted to go because, as we said last week, where the hell is he going to go? He's not going to get into Red Bull anytime soon. So he's basically just stock, stuck at Toro Rosso, driving yeah. a not as good car. Mm. So uh, I, I think he might be a bit gutted. Manor. Okay, so I struggle with things to say about the Manor guys other than they were mainly racing each other. And Ocon got a bit pushy with NASA. Do you have anything else to say? It wasn't a great race for them. But in the slightly more interesting news, they had a new development driver last weekend, Jordan King. Do you know anything about him, Phil? Yes. Oh, sorry. Can I give my facts first? Because it's funnier. <laughs> Go on, then. Uh, he used to play... He was the lead singer for Level 42. He slapped <laughs> the bass very well. It's Mark King. Oh, sorry. Jordan King. He was the one that brought the allegations against Michael Jackson. He is the son of Justin King, who is the former boss of Sainsbury's, a major supermarket in the UK. Consequently, he's got loads of money, uh, but is pretty handy from what I understand, which is always a good combination. And his drive earned him 10,000 nectar points. Yes, indeed. And finally, let's talk about Sauber. Let's talk about Sauber, baby. <laughs> let's talk about you and me. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about all the good things good and things. the bad things. Lots of bad things. Maybe. <laughs> let's talk about Sauber. Sauber went for a one-stop strategy, which meant at one point Ericsson was in 11th, but they finished up in 14th and 15th. I this is not an exciting review, but... Let's talk about the news that Sauber are going to have old Ferrari engines next year. What does this mean? Utter confusion. Why would they bother? It's going to be are rubbish for them. But they're going yeah. to be better like than the Like we've seen with Toro Rosso now. this year. They're going to have no power because they won't be able to develop the engines. But are they having two, aren't they having this year's Toro Rosso engines? Oh. What, so they're having a two-year-old I Ferrari I think they're engine. having two-year-old engines. So I don't read that bit No. Wrong. That would be unbelievably awful. I don't know. No, I don't think. I, th- I think they're having this year's Ferrari engines. That means they're not going to be able to develop the engine through the year. So they're going to have exactly the same issues as Toro Rosso have done this year, which they start off all right. And let's, I mean, that's a bit of a leap in the first place to think the Sauber is going to start off all right next year. But even if they do, they're going to end up tens of horsepower down by the end of the season. It seems really weird. I'd love to know why they're doing it. What engines Presumably they, got they have moment? no other choice. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry. Hi, America. Can you hear me over there? Is this thing on? Right. As um, Formula One needs to be in America, I thought I'd make these drivers' championship standings more American. So, there are 19 drivers with points and 52 states, 50 states, some some states, some states in America. So I thought, how hard could it be to match drivers to states? Pretty hard. This gets... (laughs) This gets weak. Okay, so in first place, leading the championship with 331 points, is Nico Rhode Island. (laughs) Texas Hamilton is in second. And Daniel Ricky Iowa Ardo, because they also have feet on their state flag. That's his fetish. Sebastian Vermont is in fourth. And Kimi Nebraska Raikkonen, because it's cold. 
Max Alaska is in sixth because he's the youngest state in the union. Oh. And seventh, build a wall. Sorry, Sergio Perez. Um, <laughs> eighth place is Virginia Bottas. Ninth is Nevada Hulkenberg. Tenth is Fernando Alabama. And eleventh is Felipe Mississippi. Colorado signs Junior. And thirteenth is Roman Cheesy Surrender Monkey. Fourteenth, Vladimir Putin. Uh, 15th, see Utah later, Jensen Button. <laughs> and 16th is Kevin, Massachusetts. <laughs> 17th, Stoffel Ruffle, uh, new state. 18th, California, it's Pascal Verline. Uh, and 19th is Wyoming, has he got the drive? <laughs> Jocelyn Palmer. I should say, if, if my voice sounds a little weird today, um, I've got a terrible insomnia. I only had like three hours sleep last night. And so I was trying to work out how would the constructors teams look at their pr- prospects if they couldn't sleep in the wee hours. So the constructors championship from the point of an insomniac is as follows. First place, Mercedes with what happens when we're shit next year? <laughs> Second place, Red Bull Racing. Uh, what do we do with our engine name next year? Third, what do we do about everything next year? That's Ferrari. <laughs> Fourth, what do we do about our spare seat next year? Uh, that's false India. Fifth is Williams saying, when do we ask Patrick Head to come back? <laughs> and in sixth place is McLaren Honda with, when can we get a podium? <laughs> Seventh, what happens when Red Bull realise we're pointless? Tara Rosso. And uh, eighth, when will Roman go back to Renault? <laughs> and ninth, when will Alonso and Roman come back to us? <laughs> and tenth, when can we all go home? That's manner. So there you go. <laughs> I'm not sleeping good. well. What? <laughs> and stay with Terry for the state of F1. Nico Hulkenberg has signed with Renault for 2017. Now, history might prove this to be an inspired Hamilton to Mercedes star move, but I suspect it's more of a Massa to Williams or a Schumacher to Mercedes. Renault may well be a force India to be reckoned with in a season or two. They have the budget and the will, but not the drivers they were after. Yes, Nico got the call, but he wasn't top of their list. Now, as a personal note, I retired from stand-up comedy about four years ago, and occasionally I'll still get an email offering me a gig. Whilst my ego is flattered, I'm grimly aware that a long list of people have said no or are actually dead before they got to me. (laughs) Renault undoubtedly tried to woo back Alonso. They'll have tugged at the likes of Hamilton and Vettel, who would have told him to F off. It came out this week that the Hulk had to suffer the ignominy of Renault being turned down by Perez before they got to him. Because Perez's money men said, no, we don't want him to go there. Oh, can we have Nico? (laughs) So Nico might lead the team bravely through a difficult couple of seasons, but make no mistake, they'll drop him like a spent Galois as soon as Fernando shows his inevitable reinterest. But what happened? How did we get here? Nico Hulkenberg was a young star of the future. His pole position for Williams the other year was majestic, and he fucking won Le Mans. It's said he's not great in his tyre conservation era, but what's really turned him from a Max Verstappen to a Nick Heidfeld? One word, branding. <laughs> he had the skills on track, but Formula 1 is a crowded market, and when he started, he should have embraced the Hulk brand. There was already another Nico, so he had to differentiate. Now let's just ponder an alternate universe, where at every meeting, the crowd at each track were overwhelmingly wearing unlicensed and deeply unofficial t-shirts bearing an almost illegible rewording of his name. <laughs> but don't worry, I have a solution. 
well, not for Nico. He's spent his career's bereft and he's washed out. But next year, there's a newish driver on the grid. Stoffel van Dorn will be at McLaren and he needs all the help and branding there is. Luckily, there's a chance for the crowd at each track to be overwhelmingly wearing unlicensed and deeply unofficial t-shirts bearing an almost illegible rewording of his name. Head to ff1s.com slash shop and buy the Stoffel Ruffle t-shirt. Thank you. That is the most tortured sales pitch I've ever heard, and it is brilliant. Thank you. Um, So that is right. Yes, our shop is open. Head to ff1s.com forward slash shop and get spending. We have got two T-shirt designs for sale. One is Stoffer Ruffle, which we will all be wearing next year when Stoffer Van Dorn undoubtedly wins the championship. And there's also one with our logo on in the style of... um, uh, well, our logo. Wham. Wham? George White is a big... It's, the logo's taken over the whole T-shirt. Oh, I see. It's for girls to wear as 90s. We would dearly like it if you would buy some of our lovely shirts, not only because we want you to be the best-dressed guys in the paddock or in the stands or in front of your televisions, but also because it would be really nice if we could get a little bit of money just to help with the costs of running this show, which does cost us money every week. All we want is, you know, a bit of beer, something towards our train tickets, maybe a private island. Terry needs more blue hair dye. Mm -hmm. Help Terry get a beard to match his hair. Um, So these T-shirts actually look quite good because our Terry is not just an amazing person at predicting the future of Formula One. Which I am, for the record. But you are also a graphic designer. I am also that, for the record. Award-winning. I made that bit up. My mum gave me a sticker. (laughs) So... Go to ff1s.com slash shop. Shop. No, shop. shit. Just one shop. shop, 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 shop. No, I, I, I'm also in charge of the website. It's ff1s. Dot. Dot, ff1s with a H. <laughs> dot com slash shop, shop, shop. <laughs> or just shop. Shop. I'll, I'll do both. Shop. But not shop, shop. We're not going to sell any t shirts. <laughs> That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about how I've written nothing for this week. So I'm going to talk about my bike. I went on eBay, bought some new cycling gear to wear at the weekend. So I'm going to try and cycle 30 miles on Sunday. Have you heard and about the, uh, <laughs> the Steve McQueen Monaco gloves? Fuck you, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and to Terry Saunders. So actually, what one news from me, be bopping, be... P a back baby <coughs> BP have announced they're coming back into Formula 1 oh yeah oh. BP oh that would have been better I should have said that because you well, know they, they weren't in Formula 1 for a while then they killed lots of turtles now they're back yeah <laughs> and they're coming back with McLaren yes uh, who were losing ExxonMobil after a lot of years because yep. they're going to Red Bull yep. much like Tag Heuer left McLaren and went to Red Bull with their watches with their great, we'll be, brilliant watches. We'll be back next week for the Mexican Grand Prix. Until then, buy t-shirts, buy t-shirts, t-shirts. buy t-shirts. Please buy t-shirts. Buy t-shirts. Shop, shop, shop. Shop, shop, shop. shop, 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 shop. T-shirts, shop. Stoffel, ruffle, shop. I have Terry, been graphic. and will likely continue to be Chikarez. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, Bake. Sports Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. 
On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.